0: Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show, your source for the latest news and trends in the e-commerce industry, featuring hosts Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, Chief Commerce Strategy Officer at Publicist, and Scott Wingo, CEO of Get Spiffy and co-founder of Channel Advisor. Here are Jason and Scott.
1: Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This is episode 284 being recorded on Thursday, January 6th. 2022 i'm your host jason retail geek goldberg
0: and as usual i'm here with your co-host scott wingo hey jason and welcome back jason scott show listeners happy new year jason and listeners uh it's 2022 here we are we made it i know i feel like i'm
1: already winning because the intern typed 2021 in the show notes and when i read the intro i i caught it in my head i feel like that i'm impressed with myself right now
0: Boom. Yep. And there, uh, that was bad timing cause there is a performance review coming up. So that intern is going to be in some pretty, pretty, uh, thin ice here. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully yeah. they, they make it through. Might be another year of
1: probation before
0: uh, he gets to start taking a salary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most important question. Are you watching the book of Boba Fett? I am.
1: I am. We have to be careful not to do any spoilers, but uh, uh, never go, spoilers. Yeah. never
0: a million spoilers. Spoiler free uh, podcast. Can't believe he got eaten by that uh, giant thing in the desert. Oh, ooh, sorry, that was a spoiler. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There. Uh, I will. Let, I,
1: I'm not going to reveal anything, but there is sand in the new epi- uh, series.
0: Yeah, yeah. You want? You like Star Wars? You get a lot of sand. And some people hate sand, but um, Boba doesn't seem to mind it. No, I think he's he's had to adjust.
1: Uh, but yeah, uh, really well done show. Been enjoying it. Feel like there was a end of the year. There was kind of a a little lull in uh, television programming in our household. So it's been exciting to uh,
0: to have some of these series come back. Let's jump into it because this is sometimes one of our longest episodes. So we're gonna try to try to not. Go too crazy long. I feel like we just lost half our listenership right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I don't believe that this is going to be a three hour one. Uh, I am happy that Joe Rogan is starting to do these like three hour ep- episodes. It makes me feel better about our, our one hour ones. Um, so this is every, the first show of every year. It has been our many, many year tradition, uh, to go through our past year's predictions, and then formulate our predictions for the upcoming year. And that is this show. It is the 2021 prediction review, 2022 prediction revelation show. I feel like we need a sound effect for that. I, I have a sound effect, but I feel like I'm going to leave yours in. If you can beat that, uh, you can over, override it there. <sighs> So the way we do this is we, we do half the show is kind of reviewing our predictions and kind of self scoring ourselves. Um, in Jason's, it's kind of, uh, banging your head against a book, typically, um, self flagellation or whatever that's called. And then, uh, uh, and then we, the back half of the show is, uh, hopefully we learn from these predictions we made and we cast them forward to see what's going to happen this year. So, uh, I feel like. Jason, we should. I think you actually won last year, if I remember.
1: In a, a major upset, I feel like I yeah. I had been like over four or five the the previous seasons.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you get the the dubious honor of getting to rate your twenty twenty one predictions first. Awesome. So why don't you kick us off?
1: Yeah, and spoiler alert: uh, we do not learn from the previous years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, part of making predictions is you, yeah. Yeah, you, sure. you got to kind of put it out there and that's risky.
1: Sure. Uh, so I, I th- I'm always looking forward to this episode. I'm super excited about it. I get, you know, jazzed weeks in advance and then I like dust off last year's, uh, forecast and suddenly I'm, I'm all gloomy because I, I realize I'm not near as clever as I remembered myself. Um, so that, that'll just set the tone up front. So my first prediction last year, was, uh, that more personalized made to order products would be taking off this year. And my specific prediction was, uh, made to order apparel would grow to be a nine, uh, figure nine digit, uh, uh, business in 2021. And so good news, bad news, uh, that happened. Um, so, uh, it, uh, if you add up the revenue from uh, Indochino and uh, suit supply, uh, proper cloth and uh, not standard, you actually get now about uh, 250 million in revenue, which is um, uh, considerably uh, higher than nine figures. Uh, in hindsight, it wasn't that good of a prediction. Uh, like we were pretty close to nine figures before last year. Um, and so I, it, it wasn't as stretchy as I had hoped. And I had in mind a lot of more, um, lower end consumery products pivoting to made to order. And I specifically had been watching, uh, some, some Amazon pilots around made to order and they didn't really grow this year at all. So, uh, technically I guess it was, uh, it happened, but I don't feel very good about my first
0: one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you It's a, it's a win. Just take the W dude. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll try to be more, more strict going forward, uh, or just make better predictions. Um, so my second one, uh, there'd been a lot of initiatives around retailers, uh, leaning into healthcare and I proposed that at least one retailer would, uh, launch their own health insurance or offer some alternative solution to health insurance. And while there were a bunch of investments in healthcare, and Amazon, you know, in particular, uh, has done a lot in the last year,
0: uh, I don't think that really happened. So I'm giving that a no. Yeah, and in fact, that was like a huge loss because Amazon unwound their big partnership that made it seem like they were going to do a lot more in this space.
1: Yeah, that there is some nuance there. They, uh, they, they were part of a consortium and they bailed on the consortium, but then they invested a lot more money and, uh, did several acquisitions and expanded the scope of their own internal initiatives. And it almost looked like the, the internal stakeholders didn't like, uh, partnering with, uh, Goldman Sachs and, uh, uh Berkshire Hathaway. But yeah. But nevertheless, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not taking that, that when, uh, um, that, that didn't happen. So. um Well, in fact, it's such
0: a big L, it kind of swamps the W from the first one.
1: Yeah, clearly, clearly. (laughs) Uh, So the next one uh, was interesting. Uh, I said that e-commerce would uh, – or grocery e-commerce penetration would grow above 10%. And I said someone will deploy, not just pilot, these micro-fulfillment centers for grocery. And both of those things basically happen. So – Bricks clicks, which is, uh, one of the more credible, um, services out there for tracking grocery penetration has us at about 14% penetration right now. Um, so we, we definitely passed that 10% threshold obviously aided by the pandemic and, uh, the various waves. And then, uh, several retailers leaned into MFCs. Um, a couple small smaller retailers did deploy them, uh, across all of their stores. So like HEB, for example, um, is, is aggressively rolling out, uh, MFCs, uh, Walmart, I want to say spent, uh, uh, like $14 billion on, on MFCs. So, uh, real money is, is getting invested in there. So I think generally, um, I feel good about my, my grocery prediction number three. So, so, uh,
0: two, two yeses and a no so far. Is this a bricks and clicks thing? Is that a, can mere mortals get that? Or is that something yeah. you'd get when the uh, chief, well, there's, a, there's a paid
1: version, which is well worth it. If you follow the industry, but they do publish their, uh, monthly forecasts, um, for free on their website at bricksmeatclicks.com. Um, <laughs> and it, uh, it's pretty interesting. So they're, um, you know, we get, grocery sales data from the U S department of commerce and e-commerce data, but we don't get grocery e-commerce. So there's the grocery e-commerce we only get from a couple of these uh, third party private um, data providers. And they, they all do it primarily based on big panels of consumer surveys. So that's what bricks me clicks does, but they, um, they have some like pretty interesting data. Like you can look at what percentage of those grocery e-commerce orders were home delivery versus curbside pickup and stuff like
0: that. Very cool. Excellent. Awesome.
1: Um, how do they get their data? Uh panel. So they're, uh, they're, oh. yeah, they're surveying a bunch Jeez. of consumers. Yeah. All right. remember reference. you, uh, yeah. you,
0: you, you did that.
1: You make, you make use with what is available. Um, and directionally, uh, eMarketer published some grocery data and they kind of roll together a bunch of people's forecasts. There's another, um, company out there called Mercatus that published some data and it all aligns directionally that they're we are over 10%, uh, where they disagree more is where we started before the pandemic. So some of them have us starting at like two and a half or 3%. Some of them have us as high as 6% before, but, um, over 10 now. And uh if you're super interested in the interest of prolonging the show, uh a frequent uh a friend and guest of the show, professor dan McCarth, the uh, they uh, he and his students just published an interesting um cohort analysis of um how the pandemic impacted uh digital restaurant sales. so closely related to digital grocery, right? And obviously, a lot more people ordered restaurant food for delivery during the pandemic but his interesting question was um was that you know a pandemic spike and it's going to go da- back down to pre-pandemic levels or is it a permanent shift and what can we suss out and the way they did it is they looked at cohorts that were uh they uh, ordering from restaurants for home delivery before the pandemic and how their behavior changed versus first time users and what they found is like most of the growth was Uh, households that were already using restaurant delivery increased their usage and it appears to be more sticky. Um, The smaller cohort of people that ordered from restaurants for the first time during the pandemic, uh, that behavior did not stick and they're not continuing to order, but still Hmm. the sales are up higher. So anyway, there's a nice long digression for you. That wasn't one of my forecasts. I always
0: appreciate the commentary.
1: Yeah. I'm here for you, man. Um, (laughs) So forecast number 4 was uh I predicted that uh Am- Amazon's Shopify competitor would be revealed. And this is a uh, a thing that we had heard about called Project Santos, but no one really knew what it was. I said, "Hey, uh we're going to find out what it is, and I think it's going to be a shipping solution to compete with uh uh to to fulfill orders for Shopify and take take uh you know a piece of the the Shopify GMV. Um, And it was in fact revealed. So that's the good news. Uh, It was not a shipping solution. So, uh, so project Santos uh, turned out to be a point of sale system for brick and mortar retailers that Amazon is developing um, and has still not released, but uh, is purported to be a a small business POS system. That's going to compete with Shopify and square and, and uh, some other folks in that space. So I'm giving that a no. All right. I I agree on that one. Cool. Cool. Um, and interesting news and evolutions there to talk about uh, on on uh, one of our subsequent news shows. Uh, uh, is there some interesting patents that Shopify and others have have uh, filed in that space? So we get to my fifth prediction. My fifth prediction was that retail media networks were going to take off in 2021 and that uh, they would generate more than $20 billion in ad revenues. Um, and to put things in perspective, like the year before, we had only seen about $10 billion in ad revenue. So that was a meaningful... Uh, prediction. And that totally happened. So uh, according to eMarketer, we did $24 in calendar year 2021 in in ads that were invested in retail media networks. Um, Amazon is on a run rate right now to do about uh, uh, $30 billion a year. Um, And everybody and their brother is launching a retail media network. So The Gap is launching a retail media network, which is interesting. Most of these retail media networks are selling ads to what we would call endemic advertisers. So your Duracell batteries, you sell batteries at Walmart, you buy an ad from Walmart for Duracell batteries uh, to help more people find them. Uh, Gap doesn't sell other people's stuff. So there are no endemic advertisers on the gap. Right. And so it's super interesting that even they are trying to monetize their traffic. Um, You know, you name it, they launched a a retail media network this year. And just today, I want to say Best Buy which already had a retail media network um, launched a new uh, rebranded retail media network. And they're now selling ads to non-endemic advertisers as well. So, um, so that one, I feel like I, I uh, hit, hit pretty well. Um, So you add that up and that is uh, three corrects and uh, and two, two misses and uh, uh, folks, careful listeners will note we also made a bonus prediction in the case that we tied Um, And my my bonus prediction was that we would have even more store closures in 2021 than we did in 2020. uh, And I was wildly wrong. Um, So caveat here, er, the data everyone uses when they quote store closures is this Coresight data. And Coresight is kind of anecdotal data, and it's totally tracking big chain Retailers, but based on their data, there was like forty-one percent fewer store closures in twenty twenty one than twenty twenty. So, so we'll call that a huge miss. Um, I would argue that all the store closures that happened this year were small independent retailers that got wiped out by these big chains, and th- we really don't have a good data source for for those. But nevertheless, I'll, I'll uh, accept that I lost the bonus round badly.
0: <clears throat> yeah, in fact, um, isn't the record number of stores opened?
1: yeah so a separate issue from the store closings is hey were there more openings and there uh <laughs> there there were so not a record number of openings but the but from that core site data set more store opens opened than closed last year which so we would have had a net increase in stores um that that's interesting I wouldn't encourage retailers to pay too much attention to that because it really matters the nature of the closed and open stores. Like you'd almost rather follow um, net gains or losses in retail square footage. Um, Because if you have a bunch of Macy's stores close and you have a bunch of dollar general stores open, you're closing a hundred thousand square foot store and opening a 10,000 square foot store.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. And then you had, all right. So then if we, include your bonus your even so three wins and three l's exactly
1: i like uh, to think of it as three wins and two l's and the bonus only comes up if you can tie
0: me <laughs> okay all right let's see how i did yeah i'm excited so, to hear this yeah so just to remind everyone this was done a year ago in january of 21 we were merely nine months this month depends on when you start the pandemic i guess nine months into to covid yeah that's
1: a calendar year ago but it was actually four (laughs) years of lifetime
0: ago oh yeah yeah it it feels like it for sure um all right so my first thing i always like to kick off with an amazon prediction so my amazon prediction last year was that we would move to same day prime by opening a huge wave of neighborhood dcs Um, and uh, they would be near dsps and i got that one right um that one's don't no, it feels obvious? Like I don't feel like I was making too much of a prediction, but at the time, I remember being worried about it <laughs> because I think they they were still doing most of the DSPs. This is where time dilation happens during COVID, the four year thing you mentioned. They they've just built out an incredible amount of uh. They call them I call them neighborhood DCs. They call them delivery stations now. I think it's the official name where they have built you know just tons of these these interesting new footprints where they house a bunch of these DSPs under one roof um, and then they forward deploy a lot of that day's things to be delivered into that out of a fulfillment center. Uh, and then the the DSPs just line up and and deliver that stuff. So, so it's been really interesting to watch them build that. So I would count that one as a win.
1: Yeah, no, Here I totally agree. agree. I'm often surprised by how many people still have this outdated model of Amazon and they
0: imagine that Amazon is primarily doing two day shipping. Yeah, no, it, it is. They have really cranked it up. Um, especially, um, uh, you know, I'm out, I'm in North Carolina, you're in Chicago and, and you guys are probably getting stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, we, we are, we were an early market for same day delivery and we're kind of an epicenter for a lot of, of their delivery products. Um, and it, uh, the vast majority of stuff I order, um, my, I, I get two offers for when to have it delivered between 4 and 8 a.m. or between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. the next day.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Uh, so some stuff I get same day. Uh, I will just tell you there was, uh, I was listening to, uh, in am- the Amazon earnings call and someone asked them if they were, were concerned about all these ultra fast delivery services that were popping up, all these VC funded, uh, uh, you know, fifteen minute to one hour delivery services that are you know mostly sent uh, in one one block radius in New York, and uh, the the Amazon CFO was like, uh, you know those those services deliver uh an assortment of four thousand skus to a five block radius. Um, we're currently delivering about four hundred thousand skus same day to all of America. Uh, we yep. feel pretty good about our
0: offering. <laughs> <What's> the- <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Drops the mic. walks exactly. away. Okay. Um, Sticking to logistics, which is interesting because I was poking around in logistics a year ago and I, you know, in hindsight, the perfect prediction would be there's going to be a supply chain problem. Uh, But I did not, I did not pick that one, sadly. Um, Instead, I said, you know, Shopify. So my logic here was kind of looking at the chessboard at that point in time. We all know Amazon's kind of turning the guns towards Shopify and if you're Shopify you know those guns are turning towards you so one of the things you do is try to get into the delivery world and and they have tried but they uh they pretty publicly there was uh Toby was in a um was it Bloomberg he did kind of a cover story on one of the the business magazines and in there he basically admitted that you know hey we're we're were pretty bad at this fulfillment stuff. And I think they had a customer say that they were embarrassingly bad. Um, and you know, it almost seemed like they are not going to go deeper into fulfillment. So I missed on that one. But Asterix, I, th- don't, I think they should. And I, I think it's going to be a pretty big strategic blind spot. If you're going to arm the rebels in e-commerce, you, you're going to need to help them get the products to consumers in that last mile. That's going to be where the battle is. And I, I feel like it's a bit of a soft underbelly for for them right now.
1: Yeah, uh I generally agree. Um an interesting side note, the the CEO of Instacart just got named to the Shopify board. Um and I I uh inadvertently started a little bit of uh of a LinkedIn um debate uh about like how, how soon it would be before that was a potential conflict of interest. And a lot of people chimed in that they thought Instacart was a potential acquisition target of Shopify, which might be one way for them to, to get into the, the fulfillment business.
0: Yeah. But even that's a conflict of interest, right? I mean, proves, proves your point. Not, yeah, you know.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, clearly yeah. I'm right, but that's a separate issue. <laughs>
0: I think we can all agree that you're right. Okay. Uh, And then number three, Shopify is going to launch a marketplace. This is where you and I struggle. Uh, You don't think this will ever happen and everyone else in the world thinks it will. Um, So, you know, this one's tricky. I I could make some argument that they are doing more around this. and, And in that same article, they do start to talk about it being more of a central the, by, by it I'm talking about the shop app that they have um, doing more around that centralizing your, your Shopify, you know, uh, whole experience in aggregate, including some search functionality. And they, they have added some search. I haven't looked at it lately, but I've seen some Twitter traffic that they have added some stuff there. Um, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take the L on this one. I, but I still think, that it's going to be something they do more of down the road, probably in a different flavor than a traditional marketplace. But I think it's an area that they, they, they have to explore um, it is more in their wheelhouse than the fulfillment side.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I certainly agree with that. And I would encourage you to double down on that prediction for, for 2022. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I will say like two things I was clearly wrong on um, the shop app like is getting much uh, broader adoption than I would have expected, because I would argue it's, it's mostly a a shipping tracking app. Um, And it, it, it has some like merchant search capabilities. It doesn't really have product search capabilities, uh, at least in general release. Um, But it's it at various times, it's been the most downloaded retail app and it's bouncing around in the top four. Um, So a lot of people are getting that app. And so per your point, um, you know, they have a bunch of merchants. Uh, they have a bunch of users with this app, which is really hard to do. This app has some marketplace-like features. And then, you know, I don't know if you, I'm sure you saw it, but uh, Brad Stone uh, got to uh, go visit Shopify and do an interview with Toby. And um, he, in his article, he kind of painted a picture that, that internal stakeholders at Shopify were wildly divided and didn't agree about if Shopify should do a marketplace and what it would look like. And so that, that makes me think they're, they're, you know, having the same debates we are. Um, and Toby himself weighed in that. He's like, you're not going to see us compete with our merchants. Um, so if they do a marketplace it's probably going to have to look, you know, considerably different than the kind of marketplace. I think some people are thinking about, but, but it's an interesting yep.
0: space. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so uh, we'll see if this comes up again in predictions. Uh, and then I, the super risky thing I did last year was made a COVID prediction. I've learned my lesson there. Um, <laughs> uh, you remember two, week, uh, two weeks and we're done. Um, anyway, uh, we, uh, my prediction was we will be shocked how much, quote unquote, zero friction addiction sticks. Uh, I've seen 30, 40% repeated a lot, and I think it's going to be much, much higher. Um, and then so I think there is some good data that that points to that. We haven't seen a decrease in the growth of of you know online even as we've gotten into a post COVID world. Um, we're kind of getting back into one with with Omicron right now. Um but and and to your point, there's a lot of interesting data like like Dan and his group did that show that it's been pretty sticky.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally fair. Uh, a lot of people are uh, incorrectly predicting that that uh, it's going to revert, but uh, yeah, I think I think all the tangible evidence points to
0: it being sticky. Yeah. Okay, and then my fifth prediction was, uh, you know, given all the heat around these uh, SPACs and IPOs, that we would have 2021 would be a banner year for digitally native vertical brands, um, either going pilot uh, getting acquired and doing ipos um i when i made this one i felt like it was going to be much more around the spacs but then the spacs pivoted and started doing these really weird esoteric things that that ended up not doing very well um but where i kind of s- snuck the win out on this one is we did have three companies um that we've tracked and are kind of the the ogs of digitally native vertical brands uh, go public so we had warby uh, Rent the Runway and Allbirds. Now, they haven't done great since they went public, but they did get out and they had, you know, they kind of met their pricing and went public and and are still out there. Uh, And so so there you go. So that was a yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will certainly give that one to you. All right. So at this point, um, I am. Let's see. Three yeses and two no's. So we're tied. So the bonus Boom. comes up. What was your bonus? Uh my bonus was that there will be I was much more optim another COVID um so I got lucky on the first one. I felt like we're gonna we're gonna in twenty one we would be post-COVID and people would kind of stop buying stuff just generally um and really focus on going out and doing things and seeing the world. Um, over the holiday I went down to Orlando for for three or four days and it felt like there's definitely a segment of the population that's out there doing that They're, They all seem to be in Florida right now and maybe some in Texas. Um, but I think if you look at the data there's nothing to really support that In fact the you know we've talked on this show about the e-commerce data and retail data and it all seems quite robust so we have not hit a anti-consumer materialism wave that, that I predicted.
1: Yeah, no, Seth, I I I regret that you did not beat me with that prediction.
0: <laughs> cool, so it turns out that I think we're effectively tied is that am I doing the math right on that? Uh
1: I think you are and and I think all our listeners will agree that a tie is basically a huge win for me.
0: Given our, our past uh, history, yes, it's the first time we've had a – it feels like uh, soccer or that we're in England where that exactly. is a possible outcome. I, think, yeah, I so. think
1: my high school soccer team just just tied your your uh, premier uh, uh, league
0: team. <laughs> yep. Cool. So, yeah, that uh, – but, you know, it's fun to do these things because I would say in a volatile world, like we aren't getting half of these things right. I think you would agree with me that we're pretty awesome. Um you know, we, uh, there's other people out there that make predictions and they throw so much junk against the wall. They get like 5% right but and they do big victory laps. So, so I think if you look at our records, uh, pretty good, pretty solid.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I, I don't think we, uh, sandbag very much either. I mean, it, sometimes in hindsight, they feel like sandbags, but, uh, uh, I feel like we, we stretch ourselves. So, so I will definitely take them. So uh how are you gonna um like pay off that that uh self-congratulatory uh pat on the back, Scott? You're gonna have to come up with some whoppers for this year.
0: Yeah, let's jump into this year. Do you wanna uh do you wanna go first or do you wanna flip it? What any preference? I don't. I don't. What do you wanna do? <laughs> I'm sure uh, we lost
1: no. all our listeners except for my mom, so whichever she prefers.
0: <laughs> uh I'll go first. Um awesome. so, so my predictions this year. Um, so, uh, my Amazon prediction, uh, number one, and this is for 2022 is I predict Jeff Bezos is going to have a midlife crisis and run around, um, and with, in Miami with hot chicks and other exotic locations and take a lot of selfies for Instagram.
1: Ooh, if, if you had said in uh, dubious fashion choices, then I might give it to you. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> I I'm not sure, but I think as of January 6th, that's already happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, you got me. That that one's uh, what they call retcon in in the uh, in the world where uh, it has already happened. All right, uh, our serious prediction is I'm gonna I'm gonna double down kind of on your prediction. I'm gonna steal your prediction from last year. Smart. And say, I um, guess oh, this isn't exactly what you predicted, but I I do feel like Amazon is very serious about Shopify. In that same article, I was talking about. Um, where where Toby uh, was there an ex Amazon, uh, you know, an anonymous ex Amazon source? So you have to take that with a grain of salt. Said these guys crushed us. They came out of nowhere and destroyed us, and we're we were blindsided. Um, that that seems pretty pretty amplified, but I I do think they have their guns trained on them. So I'm gonna say we're gonna see Amazon come out with uh, a a serious competitor this year. Um, and I think it's gonna, you know, I, I imagine it could even be like a web store offering, even though they started this and got rid of it. Uh, I think they're going to get pretty serious about it. And, you know, I could see them come out with a, you know, it it probably won't have a lot of headway in the first year, but they're gonna, I think they're gonna go right at these guys. The thing that's hard to predict, there's some interesting things they could do with AWS and headless. So, so I'm going to kind of give myself a little space there that it, it could be headless um you know versus kind of a, a more monolithic type saas kind of an offering um but yeah so so i think they're going to get pretty serious about it
1: okay yeah yeah i could i like that i could totally see that and you could imagine bundling like a aws commerce platform with a bunch of the traditional merchant services from amazon like fulfillment yeah. and
0: payment and stuff like that yeah uh another amazon one is um, and you you kind of foreshadow this when you're talking about the Amazon thing. Uh, There's there's hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions, going into these. Um, Do we have a name for them? Fast,
1: yeah. Well, ultra fast delivery is is the ultra most fast delivery.
0: Okay. Um. Uh. These companies. So there's like GoPuff, and there's one that has like an animal name, like Gorilla. Gorilla. Joker. <laughs> yeah. Joker. Yep. Uh. Yeah. I don't know how DC is letting them do that one, but anyway. Um, you know, so these guys have raised billions of dollars and it's a hot market, but I think Amazon is, is kind of going to train their guns on that. And I think they're going to put a real hurting on them. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's it. So, you know, what does that mean? Um, uh, I think we'll see. I'll be pretty risky here and say one of them will close their doors. Uh, one of those. So I'll put it here in the notes. Uh, so to keep me honest. So. Go Puff, Gorilla, and uh, or um, Joker. One of those three big ones probably doesn't make it out of twenty-two. Okay, um, so that's one, two. So this is my third one. I realize I'm actually short prediction. I'm gonna have to do one on the fly here. Um, the Bezos one I'd kind of counted in my head, but that wasn't really a prediction. Um, you know, the at the end of. 21, we had Facebook change its name to Metaverse. And since they did that, you can't th- throw a rock without reading a thousand articles about the Metaverse. In fact, today on Twitter, there was a, a big Walmart video, um, you know, kind of showing a, a, a Metaverse shopping experience mock up kind of thing that was kind of fun. Um, the, uh, I think there's going to be I think there's going to be a lot of hype in 22. I'm I'm actually kind of already burned out on it and a lot of, you know, what does metaverse shopping look like? And there's going to be lots of excitement and smoke but no fire and no revenue. So I think it's going to be the flash in the pan when we look back on 22. Uh so so I think it's going to not a lot of activity there. I think it'll be like um You know, chat commerce and social commerce and a lot of these things that that had a lot of buzz in their era, AI commerce, machine learning commerce, um, all these things that that had a huge amount of buzz and then turned out to, to not really have substance. Okay, and then uh, the inverse of that is I think one of the things that that there's been a lot of talk about that is going to have substance is live streaming of you know kind of video live video e-commerce integration. Um, so I think that one is going to be more mainstream. There's there's little Amazon has tried this and failed. It's big in Alibaba. I'm i I'll qualify this and say in the U.S. So that I'm not trying to be sneaky here. Um, and you know. Uh, there's not a lot of I've seen some startups trying to get traction here, but they're in like super micro verticals. But that's how a lot of things get adopted is you, you kind of build some habits in these small behaviors and then they, they can go mainstream. So I think we'll look back on 22 uh, when we do our 2023 show uh, and we will see live streaming has gone mainstream. Um, so that is one. And then let's see. I may have to come back with another. Yeah, prediction. I'll
1: let you. Uh, you can make fun of mine, and then you. Uh, I'll let you cherry pick after hearing mine.
0: Okay. Any reaction to my my four so far?
1: Um. No. I, uh. So a. I should have come to rehearsal because I. I feel like we're gonna get off the right off the bat with some potential overlap. Um. But uh. I, I definitely um. I think we're gonna see some uh way Amazon very seriously competes with Shopify. I think it's not gonna be the way most most people expect, but your your description seems totally plausible. Um is as, as we're about to see. I, I have a uh an opinion on some of these ultra fast delivery services and the metaverse, uh both of which you touched. Uh and then uh I, I gotta be honest. I am nervous about live streaming. Like I could, uh, I definitely am not um, bearish. I I could see it going either way. Uh, A ton of commerce happens via live stream in China and we're starting to get a lot of commercey video content get consumed in the U S what's not working very well at the moment is the buy now button um, at the end of those videos. And so you kind of have, Indirect live stream commerce is is already starting to happen in pretty high volume here in the U.S. And a bunch of people are investing in in uh, uh, trying to take it that that last click. Uh, and I I have a reasonable confidence that it could work. So um, I, at the very least, I, I know a lot of retailers and a lot of my clients are are going to be trying it pretty, pretty heavily this year. So we shall yep. see.
0: I came up with my fifth. Nice. Um, I so knew if I just
1: rambled that I would give you enough room for one.
0: Yeah, this one's a risky one, but um, you know, our our friend Fazzle started Fabric, uh, and I'm gonna predict that that company has so much buzz they're gonna get acquired in this year. So um, that one's risky because they're super early stage, raise a total and it'll it'll have to be a big number to take them off the table at this point, but but I think someone's going to going to pay that number.
1: Yeah. Two fun ways that could go. Uh, I feel like he's pretty negative on Shopify. um, So it'd be awesome if Shopify acquired them. Um, But you could also imagine AWS acquiring them uh, and and making two of your predictions come true.
0: Yeah. Or or Adobe or, you know. IBM, IBM's kind of on the sidelines lately. Um, they've got a whole yeah, nice yeah. Problems. They kind of
1: got out of the those software platforms. That would be, I mean, but not to say they couldn't pivot and come back in for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then let's see. I said Adobe and Salesforce. Yep, yep.
1: Interesting. Okay. Um, uh, well, I'm going to jump into mine. And again, we did not dedupe these. Um, I bundled several of yours and made them more negative. Um, so my, my first prediction is what's not going to happen. And I, I lumped in a bunch of very trendy things that people are super hyped about. And I said, I don't think any of these are going to be economically meaningful in 2022. So it's, um, NFTs, which I know are nearer to your heart than mine. I, I do believe there are some niche use cases where NFTs totally make sense. And I know you play in some of those, those niche cases. Um, But there are so many people that just think crypto in general and NFTs in particular are going to be a huge part of, of uh, commerce. Uh, I don't think they're going to be very uh, economically meaningful in, in 2022. Um, Even more so, I don't think web three is going to have any impact. I'm starting to get a lot of questions about, uh, how how big commerce is going to change because of Web three and my answer is it's not. Um, I think the metaverse is going to fail uh, pretty miserably as a commerce uh, play, and I'm also going to say all of these venture funded uh, ultra fast delivery startups are going to fail. So uh, that's not to say that Amazon, uh, Instacart, or even GoPuff couldn't win, but like all of these these Sand Hill Road backed uh, startups that are delivering in Manhattan. I, I don't think any of them are gonna change consumer behavior enough to really matter uh economically in twenty twenty two. So uh that's my curmudgeon uh uh hey, all the cool things that talking heads like to talk about aren't aren't very important one.
0: Yeah. Did I, well, I do that overlaps on NFTs? too much? No, no, I um I disagree, but we'll see. That's awesome. Those are the What's are your the specific prediction? Like there will be less NFTs and. In-
1: 2022,
0: Uh, and its NFT volume
1: uh, dollars. Yeah, yeah, let's put
0: that one down. That's that's your prediction.
1: Okay, uh, less
0: NFT dollars transacted.
1: Well, uh, so like I don't. So full disclosure, I can throw out a number, but like I don't know of a credible source for tracking. NFT revenue dollars. Um,
0: yeah, there's um, there's GMV trackers. So OpenSea and and is the biggest marketplace, and then there's like three or four others.
1: Okay, uh, I was mostly thinking uh, like there, there's um, there's not going to be meaningful revenue from the U.S. Department of Commerce retail sales data that's NFT. Oh, that's but,
0: they're, it's going to take them fifty years before they can spell in it.
1: Well, I'm, I know they're not going to report it. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just saying like uh, there, there's uh amazon walmart the the top 10 e-commerce sites in the u.s are not going to have any meaningful revenue from nfts yeah uh so could yeah uh could some you know uh could uh the newly acquired tops baseball cards have some nft revenue sure okay Uh, yeah but nobody's going to do anything with web3 and commerce uh and nobody's going to buy anything uh with a virtual reality headset or from gorilla outside of one block. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, I'll try to get less negative now. Um, uh, a company that we've talked about on the show a couple times that people don't talk about enough. And I'm kind of using them as a surrogate for a whole new trend. Um, but is the, the ultra fast fashion uh, brand Shein, um, which is a apparel brand. Um, the, they uh they're estimated to have uh sold about 10 to 15 billion dollars worth of apparel in uh, in 2021 and i think they're going to exceed 30 billion dollars in in apparel sales in 2022 which is going to make them uh a top 3 apparel retailer in the US mm-hmm. um and uh i said they're kind of a surrogate for a trend uh this is democratized merchandising so this is um Instead of Mickey Drexler deciding what uh, the cool kids should wear in high school, instead of Yeezy deciding what the cool kids should wear in high school, um, this is algorithms watching what the cool kids post uh, that they are wearing in high school on uh, TikTok and then making it in two weeks and selling it to all the kids that want to be cool. Um, and so it's it's uh, kind of the perfect manifestation of what Amazon called hands off the wheel where they stopped having merchants pick products and instead kind of use data to to drive their catalog, um, and I, I think Shein's going to uh, continue to have great success there. And it's it's disrupting the fashion industry more than a lot of people in the fashion industry realize. But I think it's going to become extremely evident in 2022 that it's disrupting the apparel business. And then are you
0: are you putting a specific number on it? Yeah. If, Sorry, so, I thought I said it. How much is that over uh, last year?
1: Yeah. uh, So I think they're going to sell more than $30 billion of apparel in 2022. Okay. What'd they do in 21? The estimates, they're not public, uh, but the estimates are between 10 and 15 billion. So more than double.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Again, not trying to sandbag. Um, So, Third one, and I guess I'm going back to my, my negative, Nelly. Uh, so one of the hottest trends of 2021 and, uh, the prediction I have seen the most people do, and I fully expected you to do, so I'm totally bummed, um, is that buy now, pay later services are gonna continue to explode. Um, and in 2021, uh, by some estimates, they grew 30%, um, and they're, you know, wildly adopted. Um, it's the fastest growing payment type in, uh, in e-commerce in 2021. You're starting to see it expand from just e-commerce to in-store purchases as well. Um, and it's moving down market to a, you know, from, from expensive, high consideration items to a lot of lower cost, uh, more impulse items. So by all accounts, uh, the, the future of, of, uh, payments and credit is by now pay later. And my prediction is, that it uh, slows down in 2022. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to flop, um, but I think you're going to see only about 15% growth over 2021 versus the 30% that they had this year. So I think the rate of growth cuts in half. Um, and uh I think there's a couple reasons behind that. Um I think the bill is going to come due for a lot of these products and a lot of these consumers – um, are not going to be able to pay for the products they purchased. Um, and I think you're going to start to see a ton of write downs and the financial reality of renting money uh, to to subprime uh, lenders without like um significant collateral is going to kind of start to catch up with some of these companies. I think the credit agencies are going to start to lean into this more and that's going to take away one of the competitive advantages that they had. And I think we might even see some some regulation because like there's some, some very uh, financially responsible companies in the buy now, pay later uh, ecosystem. But there's also some, some kind of rebranded payday loan players in that space. And so I think there's just going to be a lot of um, erosion of trust and, uh, and some negative stories that will slow down the rate of growth.
0: Got it. Okay. Negative or positive on the next
1: one. Yeah. Uh, we're going positive again. I'm, i Yeah, I'm alternating Um, and I'm going to throw an Amazon one to you. Um, I I think Amazon opens more than 100 grocery stores in 2022, Uh, not Whole Foods. So Amazon Fresh Doors and that, you know, again, that that would uh, be about three times as many stores as they have ever opened Amazon bookstores or five star stores. So uh, it's not the thousands of stores that some people have talked about, but it's also um, a much Faster pace of brick and mortar growth than we've ever seen from Amazon,
0: yeah that uh I will be excited to see this one,
1: yeah, yeah, um, and you know most of them will be in Chicago, so that'll be fun for me
0: <laughs> of of the five hundred
1: stores they'll yeah, be like yeah, seventy five no. yeah exactly uh I'll be <laughs> surrounded um yeah, so I I think that's a super interesting space. I've talked about it a bunch. Uh, it was, you know, the growth of digital commerce was one of my, uh, grocery commerce was one of my big ones. And uh, I think it's just a big category of consumer spending that Amazon uh, doesn't play meaningfully and uh, uh, Whole Foods is very niche. And I just think it's a, um, a moonshot imperative for Amazon to win grocery. And I don't think you can win digital grocery without having a uh, brick and mortar grocery as well. Okay. Um, so that I think gives me four. So my last one um is uh I, I think there's gonna be a lot of interesting activity. One of the categories uh of e-commerce I'm most interested in watching in twenty twenty two is last mile. Um there's gonna be a lot all kinds of different evolutions, but the specific prediction I'll make is one of these new um, I'll call them FedEx ups competitors is going to sort of get get acquired or have some meaningful liquidation event and so so there's a couple startups that are kind of um next generation parcel delivery services like Vho and X delivery uh Shipium is a bunch of ex Amazon guys um, and I'm gonna say uh that instacart original business model could even slow down and instacart could get acquired uh primarily to be a last mile delivery service by someone so so one of those uh uh companies gets gets acquired um as part of the 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 buzz around uh owning your own last mile in
0: 2022 yeah and does that include So there's all these like ship Bob Shapiro and those kind of guys. You're that's not,
1: I think there's going to be a lot of, I think they're in an interesting space too. In most cases, they're not actually delivering products. They're, they're facilitating delivery of products or tracking delivery of products. And so I, I tried to keep this pure to the guys that uh, have access to trucks and are driving products to people's houses. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. So no, I'm not, I'm not, I am I'm i will not call it a win
0: if it's, if those are the only ones that get acquired. Okay. And then any other bonus predictions? I, I kind of had to stretch to get my five, but uh, anything else you want to yeah, uh, share? With the so, listeners?
1: so, yeah, you know, I, I do all my best thinking on uh, dog walks. Um, and so I, you know, I'm I'm like thinking about all these cool predictions and I came home with like 40 of them. And so I struggled to narrow it down to these five. And so then kind of the next class of predictions that just sounded uh, too easy in a way. Um, but, uh, you know, last year, digital commerce kind of slowed down a little bit compared to brick and mortar commerce. It was a huge year in brick and mortar growth. Um, uh, because e commerce had grown so fast, uh, the year before. So I think that's that, that, uh, paradox gets inverted again this year. So we, I think we see way faster, uh, e commerce growth than we do brick and mortar growth. Um, I think curbside, uh, which was a big thing in 2020 and 2021 becomes an even bigger thing in 2022. Um, I think you're going to see a ton of stores redesign their parking lot. Uh, I noticed HEB just opened a new store and has 26 bays, uh, for curbside pickup. So I think, uh, those, those are the big things in, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the big macro story that we'll see in 2022. But I, I recognize that's less controversial than, than my official five predictions.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. I think that's a good set of 10 predictions there. Any uh, anything else you want to just let people marinate on that for a little bit?
1: No, I I, uh, uh, if folks strongly agree or disagree, I'd love to hear about it on social media. And if you have different predictions, um, throw them our way on uh, Twitter or Facebook and uh, um, uh, we'll we'll be happy to uh, debate them on our next show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could, uh, introduce some listener uh, predictions as, as part of this going forward. That'd be kind of fun. It also reminds me, we, we need to, we haven't done a deep dive in a while and maybe, you know, we touched on NFTs, web three meta. Those are pretty good topics for deep dives, maybe even buy now, pay later. So, uh, you know, usually we hit a new slowdown in the e-commerce world, uh, Kind of in that March, April, May timeframe after we get the Q1 results. Um, so maybe we'll 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 throw some deep dives in there so that you know if those topics are interesting, we're happy to kind of go deep on those. I guess looking back, the live streaming one—I don't think we've done a deep dive on that either. So those are all areas where between the two of us, we we, we have a pretty good bit of domain knowledge that we could make sure that uh, is out there and available if you want to go deeper on one of those topics. So let us know anything about your preferences on 2022 content around that type of a topic as well.
1: Yeah. I will look forward to all of that. Um, and of course, if you did find this show fun at all, or you learned anything, the best way you could reward us is jump the iTunes and, uh, leave us that, uh, 2022 five-star review. All those reviews you wrote in 2021 don't count anymore. Um, so you need to get back on the iTunes and, and, uh, leave us a fresh review, uh, Um, And feel free to make fun of Scott in the review. That's always appreciated. Or Jason's title. Uh, One of my many titles. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. And until next time, happy commercing. You've been listening to The Jason and Scott Show. For all the latest news and trends on e-commerce and shopper marketing, subscribe
0: to us on iTunes or visit www.jasonandscott.com.